you've found the Rock Hesperia and are on your way to building a solid life. We make disciples here. If you, your children, or anyone comes to Jesus, hears his sayings, and does them, your life will become solid. So let's get to it. Can you open to Galatians 5, please? Open to Galatians 5. Not a surprise to those of you who remember what series we're in, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And so all of you, Operation Solid Lives, Faithful Disciples, taking notes, sitting in the closest available seat to the front, I'm sure. The series is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And I don't know what you want to title this. You can title it whatever you want. I called it Final Three. Final Three. But feel the freedom to title it whatever you'd like. Maybe we get halfway through and you're like, you know, are you really good? Write it down. That's fine. I'm not going to be mad at you. We talked about power to start this series off, right? Power. But you shall receive what when the Holy Spirit has come upon you? Oh, come on. Power. That sounds like the batteries are dying. Right? You shall receive what? When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Amen. And we, each one of us, should know every day, every moment, every conversation, every situation, every location, I've got power walking right with me because the Holy Spirit is in me. He's like trying to get out of you. Power for people, whatever they need. Isn't that right, Gina? Jesus ministered salvation and life to a lady the other day that she didn't know why because the power of God lives in her. She's mindful of it. Here we go. Holy Spirit, you and me. That's all you need. Amen. Talked about power. We talked about love, right? This perfect agape love that the Lord has for us that we need to have for one another. The fruit of the Spirit. Isn't that right? The fruit, should we read this scripture before we, we do the whole thing? Let's read it. In Galatians 5, starting in verse 19. Let's put it on the screens. But now the works of the flesh are evident. This is the bad news. Which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, well, murders, drunkenness, revelries and the like of which I tell you beforehand just as I also told you in times past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God okay but the good news are you ready no keep it going but the fruit of the spirit is say it loud love joy peace Long-suffering. you got to say, no, you got to say long-suffering. Yes, yeah, right, long-suffering. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Do you live in the Spirit? Does this Holy Spirit live in you? Yes. yes. So if you live in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, and the fruit is going to pour forth. A good tree brings forth good fruit and cannot bear bad fruit. Likewise, a bad tree can't bear good fruit. It only bears bad fruit. If you live in the Spirit, the fruit of your life is going to be, is say, some would say by faith, is going to be, and is even now the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so now back to the recap. Love, this perfect love, right? He first loved us with, that's how we show to others this love that's overflowing out of us. Amen. And joy, remember, not dependent on circumstances. It's not just mere happiness. Ah, it wasn't that nice. Yay. No, joy is no matter what's happening in my life, I have been saved I've been forgiven of all my sins. If I die today, I'm not going to hell. Amen. 
And whatever this circumstance is, I've got the power through the Holy Spirit to fix it and to see it done. Lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Amen? Amen. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. All of it, anything that you need, God's got. Say, God's got. You know that's right. Peace. Remember this comfort that we talked about. And the Holy Spirit is chief. He's just a peace bringer, a comforter. comforter. Long-suffering. Remember, I really like this one. I talked about the Avengers. Able to avenge yourself, but you don't. You have the strength and you have the power to do it, to retaliate and to destroy, but you don't. You You restrain yourself. You hold that back. You don't operate in the flesh, but you suffer long. Why? So that the people can continually have this chance to repent, to come around, to be won over by the goodness of God. Amen. Kindness, which means goodness. We were, we were reading that this definition more means like goodness, right? Kindness. And now the goodness part, because that follows kindness, has this connotation of like extreme generosity. Extreme generosity. You know what I'm excited about? I'm excited to see our generosity that has happened here in the Rock Hesperia for Pastor Ken. I don't, I don't ever see who gives or who gives what, but I see what comes in. And I'm excited to see what we are able to contribute to this effort. Extreme generosity. It's a fruit of the Spirit. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. It's like you've been listening. I appreciate that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now, Today we're talking about the the final three that are listed here in the fruit of the Spirit. And are you ready to write them down? These are the big ones. Faithfulness. Well, the big ones today. Faithfulness. Gentleness. Or should I say gentleness. And self-control. Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I'm talking about what comes out of you as this is your testimony This is how people recognize you as being different. Remember, they took notice of them that they had been with Jesus, right? When the word tells us things like that, we have to insert ourselves. They should take notice that, you know what? There is something about Elise, I don't know. Like, she must just live with Jesus or something. Amen. Amen? You can say it, Elise. Just say amen. (laughs) All of us. Isn't that the truth? There should be something so different about us than the rest of the world. Why? Because the fruit is evident. You ever see a lemon hanging off a tree? It's, it's, clearly it's, it's there. It's just glowing almost, right? It's yellow uh, against that, contrasted against the green and the brown. Here it is, fruit, undeniable. That is the life we're looking for. That's the life we're looking for. So faithfulness, I know that some of you really... This the Greek pronunciation part of our service. Here we go. That for faithfulness, really coming from this root word of faith, right? Pistis. Pistis. There you go. You're welcome. And it means the character of one who can be relied on. Doesn't that sound so comforting to you? The character of one who can be relied on. Whenever we normally say the word character, unless we're talking about Ed. Ed's a character, you know. Um, <laughs> we, we normally say it like character, like strong, able, trustworthy. Yes? Reliable. Uh, Ed, you are also that. And God bless you. The character of one who can be relied on. So put we all need to put our faith and our trust in someone who can be relied on. Amen? Like God. Our God, who calls himself the faithful God. In Deuteronomy 7, 9, Deuteronomy 7, verse 9, says, Therefore know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations to those who love him and keep his commandments. God the faithful God. I love that. Numbers 23, 19. We're going to put it on the screens. This is the one I use all the time. We love it. We love it. It is a, a good standby for us to always be memorizing and holding in our hearts. 
Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do? This is rhetorical, obviously. Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? The answer, of course, is yeah, of course he will. If he has said it, he's going to do it. After all, he is God, the faithful God. This is the character of one who can be relied on. And in this case, capital O, the one who can be relied on, our God. James 1.17, James 1.17, another one that I use very, very often because it's good to know. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variation and no shadow of turning. No shadow of turning. It's not like it's not like he's gonna like the sundial, right? Oh well, maybe the shadow's gonna be over here. Maybe the shadow's gonna be. Maybe the, maybe I'm gonna get shade today. No, no, no. The Lord is saying, well, <laughs> shade is a bad example. You're only gonna get light forever, <laughs> but it's gonna be a comforting light. Amen. <laughs> I'm not talking about shade, throwing shade. We're talking about the Lord always being of one mind and one heart toward you, and that's good, and that's blessing. And that's faithful. Amen? That's our God. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 23 and 24. says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and, anyone? Body, very good. Be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you, who calls you? God does. He who calls you is faithful and will also do it. Remember, it's God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. He's faithful who will also do it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's right. You're doing it but he's doing it through you. He allows you, he empowers you to do it. Isn't that great? And oftentimes in leadership, we'll be talking about, we're empowering these people, we're equipping them and empowering them, and then they get to go and, and do it, accomplish it, right? With their faithfulness, their character, trustworthy to, to the task, we'll equip them, tell them how to do it, and then they get to go do it. Amen. He who calls you is faithful. And not only do we need to trust a faithful God, but we need to trust faithful people that he's given to us. Isn't that right? I mean, it's hard to honor your leaders if you don't trust them. Hello? Am I telling the truth? But just wait till OSL Level 5 gets here. We're going to have some fun with that. Amen. I know you're pumped. September, it's coming. But look at Hebrews 11.8. Hebrews 11.8, like a trustworthy man. By faith, Abraham obeyed. Say obeyed. When he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not even knowing where he was going. But he obeyed. Yeah, Lord, I'll go. And what did he do? He went. That's it. That's it. Lord, I'll give. And then Sunday rolls around. And then you give. Lord, I'll serve. And then whatever, you know, someone calls you on the phone, Mark calls you to get on this team or that team, or Gina calls you and says, hey, all right, I'll serve, right? Amen. We're going to get to serving a little bit later because I want to talk to you about some serving opportunities that we have for you, but not yet. And what happened to Abraham's reputation? He, he's now known as something forever and ever, the father of many nations. Faithfulness. Faithful. Look at Genesis 6, 22. This is, this is a bad time in human history. Noah, remember all the thoughts of humanity was only evil continually, right? Everybody else except Noah and his family, and they got to be saved. But there was an opportunity for people to repent and to come, but the, you, know, you know how we are. Stubborn, re stiff-necked, rebellious people. Humans, right? Oh, we are the worst. Thank God we have a Savior. Amen. Genesis 6.22 says, Thus Noah did. What did Noah build? Noah 
go build a boat. Yeah, I know it's never rained. <laughs> I know you're going to look like a crazy person. Do it. And what did thus Noah did? Noah did the instructions. And so the ark builder, the father of many nations, and what about in Acts 6-5? I'm, t- I'm talking to you about some regular people, right? They're just regular people. And then God intersects their lives and says, do this. I've got a plan for you. And what happens? So many people are rescued. Amen? And saved. In Acts 6-5, it says, And the saying pleased the whole multitude about setting people over this business of uh, making sure the Hellenist widows got the daily distribution of food. And they chose Stephen. Listen, listen to how the Bible records Stephen. A man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Is it any wonder I named my son Stephen? I love it. Uh, they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, who you will remember died immediately after giving his testimony. Is that right? Knew they were going to do it, forgave them as they were doing it, face of an angel, powerful. And listen to how he entreated them. He's like, brothers and fathers, listen to me. It wasn't like, listen, you rebels, like we've heard other people say. Brothers and fathers, listen to me. It's Jesus. Stephen. Stephen's my guy. Stephen is my guy. And so he tells, he brings them all the history, talks about Abraham. This is where we've been, where we've been, where we've been. And this is the fulfillment. Here's Jesus. He gives his testimony. He's faithful. Faithful. Amen. And so we can look in the scripture about all these people, right? And it's good to look to the people. And now I'm looking at you. You you talking to me? You must be talking to me. I'm the only one here, right? Uh, Yeah, I'm talking to you. As a member of the family of God, with all the rights, with all the responsibilities, with all the authority and dominion that we have, faithfulness should be what we are known for. But you have the option to exercise it or not. I can decide not to be faithful. I can decide, what, and what does that mean? To break my word. We just read it in our daily reading plan. I'm going to try to hearken back to it because this is just real time. It's better not to vow than to vow and not pay. Right? Can't remember exactly where it was, but it was right here. Didn't we just read that together? You remember reading that. It is better not to vow in the first place. Don't obligate yourself if you're not going to do it. Right? Yes? Right. Do not obligate yourself if you're not going to do it anyway. But when you, if you do ever obligate yourself, let your yes be and your no be. That's right. Easy faithfulness. Are we getting the picture? See, you are here in church right now. Congratulations, faithful. Let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves, as is the manner of some, right? But get together all the more as you see the day approaching, the day of Jesus' return. Faithful to it. Thank you, thank you. And let your light so shine before men that they may see your good deeds, they may see your church attendance, glorify their Father in heaven, and get to the place where he is. Amen. Amen. So many of us here already serve in a ministry. Already serve in a ministry. Who has had the blessing of serving in a ministry here on this campus? Show of hands. I'm telling you, like, there are... This is almost unheard of that like nearly every person already has had a chance. You know, those who are like brand new are just like, well, all right, I'll, I'll get involved. But, you know, we're 80 plus percent here, 90 percent. I mean, I'm no math genius or anything, but I saw the hands. Yeah. Who loves their ministry? Show of hands. Yeah. All right, make sure they're the same hands that went up the first time. No, I was like, I was like, no, but it's good, right? And you know, we're we're the kind of people around here that's like, hey, if if we need to adjust and make some, you know, some shifts, we'll do it for your sake because God has a call on your life, and we want you to feel fulfilled in every part of it, like feel fulfilled, and be fulfilling what He's called you to do. Amen. Yeah, I'm looking at you. It's happening. It's coming for you. <laughs> 
I just have to, I have to single this couple out. I know they love it. Will, I heard testimony today about how right on point you were with giving someone a word and just being there for some healing, and I honor you for it. Thank you for letting that, that love pour out of you. Uh, I love you. I appreciate you. Amen. And Allie, don't let Allie come to you with a word. She's going to nail you. She's going to get you because she loves you. Amen. Talking faithfulness. I'm so thankful that we are a church of givers. You know, we have to do the budget every year, right? Because you're good stewards, right? Who builds and doesn't count the cost, you know? Um, so, like I say, I don't see who gives or whatever, but I see the, the amounts that come in week by week and budget against what we're budgeting for. And, like, week by week, I'm not saying it's, like, to the dollar, but we, we know, and I can call Mark anytime. He's like, yep, on track, on point. You know, we know that the people who come are going to be giving. Hallelujah. Not every church has that. Not every church has that. In fact, one of our absolute favorites, Pastor Robert Morris, Gateway Church, they have such a generous church, and they are, they are so blessed because of their generosity. They, are a, they bring so much more in because they give so much more out. And they remember Jerusalem, right? And Israel, oh, I mean, they just, they've got a good thing going, and I, I see us in that kind of vein that our faithfulness to the tithe, to offerings, to doing what the Lord says with our finances has made us a blessed people and will continue to keep us a blessed people. Amen? Amen. Who wants to be blessed financially in here? Yes? Most of us. You can put your hands down. Uh, hey, man, you know, you don't have to, though. You just keep it up there. Uh, right? That's so pretty. That's so pretty. I'm going to leave it up there, right? Was that Wesley Snipes? <laughs> And white man can't jump. All right. Anyway, it's been a long time, Wesley and Woody. All right. Long time. But some of that stuff just sticks with me, you know? All right. And I think that's why I can remember the scripture so well is because the Lord has given me this brain to, like, remember how stuff was. Thank God. Thank God. If I could only have applied that in school. Oh, what a wasted opportunity. You know, however, however many years of school that was, a lot of years. It's, well, it's as the Lord, Lord, if you want me to continue some higher education, you let me know. All right. Uh, so, again, I will, I will just mention it again just because we're here in this moment. Not only do we have the tithes, we're a tithing offering and missions giving church. And this week, benevolence to Pastor Ken Park. I'm so thankful that we are a giving and generous people. Remember that fruit of the Spirit, right? Extreme generosity marked by it. Hallelujah. So, along those lines of giving and serving and the whole thing, there's kind of a uh, trajectory. If you start serving, the trajectory is that you'll start giving the trajectory is that you'll feel a part of the family, a part of the mission, that you'll feel like activating in faith and power. It starts with, interestingly enough, I mean, after attendance, you know, you, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Then you get involved in serving somebody else. Isn't that interesting? All the, the studies are showing you get involved in serving someone else, and all of a sudden, everything locks into place. Everything else takes care of itself. You, you say, I'm not my primary focus. Someone else is my primary focus. I'm serving the Lord. I'm serving other people. And then, because like some of us feel condemned or heavily convicted about not being able to tithe. Like someone, someone said, well, I don't have an income. I can't tithe. No problem. Wait till you get an income and then tithe. Then, then God's looking for it from you, but not until then. Amen. We don't have to feel bad about that kind of thing. And I would say to those who have been reluctant to give so far, well, plug into a ministry. Let, let this family come around you and embrace you. You know, maybe the Now Gen ministry. And they're a family and they're getting together and eating and planning and saying, how are we going to build into our kids? How, how are we going to stay connected with them and with their parents? How are we going to get the word into them so that they become giant slayers among us? 
right where they are, six years old, laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. We've seen it. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he won't depart from it. Yeah. Amen. Our kids, like, they, they start having an idea that they may catch something someday. Daddy, will you pray for me? Mommy, pray for me. Will you, will you lay hands on me? They ask for this stuff. It's, it's amazing. Why? Because they know that that's where it's going to happen. That's where it's going to happen. The other night, we were just praising the Lord as all that stuff was coming back out of Jonathan. <laughs> Poor kid. Like, did you eat that much? Because here it is. I don't know. I don't know, but it was right. He, he said, Daddy, can you pray for me? Can you lay hands on me? And so I just touched his little tummy, and we started praying and declaring this healing over his body. Amen. Right as rain. Kid's doing great. Thank you for asking. Yeah, he's doing good. And so I want to encourage you to get plugged in to a ministry, to a rock team here. Sandy, rock teams, it's amazing, isn't it? Being a part of something bigger than yourself is amazing. Talk about purpose. And you have a helper in Sandy to get you plugged in the right way. In fact, Sandy and I are going to meet you after service at the Solid Life Center. And if anyone wants to get plugged into a ministry, tell us about it. And we're going to find you. Melanie's going to help us too. Isn't that right, Melanie? Sandy and Melanie, we're going to the trifecta. We'll plug you in. We will plug you in. Amen. YouTube, listen to me. If you're watching there and you're like, I'm not even there, get here and connect and plug in. We'll find a spot for you because we love you and God has a purpose for you. We help you. Amen. All right, we've been talking about faithfulness. Do whatever's at your hand to do. Be faithful. God gives you the calling, the purpose, right? The giftedness. And all those are irrevocable, he says. He says, you got it. I gave it to you. I intended to give it to you. And I intend for you to use it. Amen. All right. By the way, I want to give you some gifts. Does anyone like gifts in here? Any love language gift people? Has anyone done the, done the five love languages? Who's a gift person in here? Either primarily or secondarily? Oh, not too many. Oh, a few. You don't have to listen. Don't be ashamed of this. Because this means that you're an excellent gift giver, right? But I like getting some gifts. I understand that about me. I love it. All right, so we have some gifts people in here. I want to give you some gifts, but this is for everybody. You don't have to be a gifts person. You could be an acts of service person, and you can still have the gifts. You're welcome. All right, can you write this down for me? The rockhesperia.life slash gifts. I was looking, I, I thought, I'm going to have to readjust this website and put these gifts on here. Nope, already there. Praise the Lord. And I thought, you know what? You know what song I really want them to have? It's from the rock worship, and it says, You are faithful, faithful in your love. My heart will choose to say. It's sung much better than that. But you're gonna, this is a good song to have to, to be reminded of. And then I went and I saw that it was already there. Oh, I was happy. And then I looked right next to it and I saw, great is your faithfulness. We're giving away songs of God's faithfulness. Amen? So if you want them, I encourage you, you'll have to go to your computer to download them and, you know, sync them with your iTunes or whatever you do. I mean, I don't know what it's like for you Android people, but I'm just, whatever. Go to this website, therockhesperia.life slash gifts. We want to give them to you, Okay? Avail yourself to all of them. This, by the way, is what we give to new people that come to our church. Have some gifts on us. Have some music that we've prepared, right? This is for you. Amen. All right, so that is faithfulness. Can we move on to gentleness? Yes. All right, good. Gentleness. Are you ready for this? Praates. Praates. So good. Carla, this may be just for you, but I'm doing it. And I, I put the time in, you see, praates means humility and meekness. Humility and meekness. All over scripture, we see the Apostle Paul talking about gentleness to Titus, to Timothy, to the church in Ephesus, 
in Galatia, in Colossia. I mean, everywhere. Uh, Paul is just like talking about gentleness so much. One time he said, do you want me to come to you with a rod? Like, do you want me to beat you up or do you want me to come to you with gentleness? I thought that was an interesting question. Uh, B, please. Gentleness. Uh, it's, and I, I, I love that kind of, he's just, he's a man after all. He's like, listen, I can come heavy or I can come softly, right? And uh, he said, when I come and get the whole truth out of you in person and I know what's going on because I'm, I'm seeing it, do you want me to be tender toward you? Do you want me to be gentle? Or do you want me to beat you up? Because I wrote hashtag stepmom in here. Because some of you know the story that they were so puffed up and proud in this church and they weren't dealing with an issue. They're like, man, everything's cool. We're like the greatest. We're, we're on track. But there was a young man who had been inappropriately engaged with his father's new wife. That's all I'm saying. He said, do you want me to come with a rod or with gentleness? Interesting, isn't it? We have the choice, don't we? We can... Let our light shine, we can let the fruit nourish, or we can withhold it. Interesting. The littles are learning this gentleness lesson right now at our house. Just picture it. Isla, you cannot rip things out of Stephen's hands, causing him to fall down. Right? Gentle, gentle. Stephen. You cannot smash your sister in the head with wooden blocks. <laughs> Gentle, right? And, and sometimes we'll say soft. We'll, we'll put their hands on our face and say soft. And sometimes they're not in the mood. <laughs> and the claws come out. Ah, it's bad. But it, it's true. We have three rules in our house. Talk nice, play nice, and listen to mommy and daddy. Isn't that good rules? Everything's kind of covered in that. We can say anything and that. Listen to mommy and daddy thing and it's covered. Hey, were you listening to mommy and daddy? No. All right. Kimberly, we've been planning today to have a testimony. This came in, at, what was it, last night, I think I heard about it. And so this was like hot off the presses, and we want to make sure you have access to it. And so Kimberly's going to share with us. And uh, Kimberly, just come up here and testify about God's goodness. Well... You don't have to stand behind this thing. I know it's tall. Okay. <laughs> oh, I've been in ministry for 18 years. And I've been seeking God to give me time. I have two for five years, three weeks ago, he gave me four months. But by this time, I've been on God for a month. God, God. God, God, uh, I think he got tired of <laughs> <laughs> I would like a kid. Mom, mom, <laughs> mom, God, God, God. I even asked him if anyone with me for is one with my very life or is it my speech impairment Saturday morning God I felt the holy spirit in my dreams, I was 
chasing, and I felt the force, and I, I broke in time. Like, I need life. My mom and my dad for years. I am the guy. Give me what my mom has because I love to hear it. I love and he did when I was shaving and I woke up thinking. Tom, but but I was I was empty, but but he let me know it's not you, it's not you. Very sorry, it it handicap, and I I okay, God. Now I will mark you for my healing. Yes. Amen. So, if you shake him, you will find him. Amen. Thank you, Kimberly. That was so good. So good. And the faithfulness of God right here. Amen. Amen. I love hearing it. See, whatever, when you're asking God, do, do this thing that you have for me. I want it. He's going to say, okay. And he's not going to give you something that's harmful or dangerous or evil or negative. No, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Praise the Lord. And so we're thankful for God's faithfulness. Remember, the faithful God? You seek and you shall find. Right? Knock. Mom. Oh, Dad. Dad. Right? And the door will be open to you. It's good. Remember, earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Isn't that right? Earnestly de- desire the best ones. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Kimberly, for sharing. And uh, right now, to the, for the last one, the last one of the three, I'm going to welcome Pastor Jen to, to give us self-control. Oh, did I steal your thunder? Yes. Well, forget you heard that. I couldn't control myself. Well, then have a seat and listen. Yeah! Nice. <laughs> Does anyone have a favorite fruit of the Spirit? Raise your hand if you have a favorite. Oh, because you love all of them, you can't choose just one? (laughs) Courtney has one. Good. Is it (laughs) self-control? I don't know about anyone else, but every time... Well, not every... No. I'm choosing my words. Um, There are times, you know, when when you think, oh, why does this land on self-control? Like, why is that the final word that we hear right here? Self-control. No one's favorite fruit of the Spirit. We're still going to talk about it. So the Greek word for this self-control is ekratia. (laughs) Ekratia. Was that right? Say it. Ekratia. It means the virtue of one who masters his desires and passions. The virtue of one who masters his desires and passions. Comma, especially his sensual appetites. especially his sensual appetites. So when I prayed and I said, Lord, what do you want to say? Because that's what we do. We don't say what we want to say. We say, Lord, what do you want to say to us today? 
he pointed out a few areas that some of us may have struggled with self-control. I don't know about anyone else in this room because I've not heard all of your stories, but I know that I have struggled with self-control. In fact, this last week, because today is Sunday, so I get to say last week, the need for self-control was in my face every single day in a special way. So the first thing that the Lord pointed out to me was time, how we spend our time. Are we doing the things that he's told us to do? Are we spending our time doing the things that he has told us to do? Because if we come to Jesus and hear his sayings and do them, then we are spending our time doing the things that he's told us to do. So are we spending our time on that? Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand what the will of the Lord is. We have to know what the will of the Lord is so that we can do the things that he's telling us to do. Every day that goes by. We must be wise. It says, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Even Jesus practiced self-control. He was here on the earth. Jesus, part of the Trinity, but fully man. Fully having to practice this same self-control that we have to practice. In John 5, verse 19, says, Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. Even Jesus submitted to the Father, practiced self-control, only did the things that the Father told him to do. So we need to follow in the example that he's giving us, and we need to do the things that the Father is telling us to do. Sometimes we don't always do that. Sometimes we waste our time. Sometimes we spend years not following the Lord. Sometimes we spend years kind of following the Lord. We could see that as wasted time. We could see that as time that we lost. But in Joel 2, we are promised, so I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. The crawling locust, the consuming locust, the chewing locust. So if you look back at your history and say, oh Lord, I've wasted so much time. I've lost so much time. Declare that truth over your life. Lord, you said that you would restore to me the years that the locust has eaten. Lord, I ask you to restore those years to me. I ask you to bring fruit to my life now that shows me that that time has been restored and redeemed. That the fruit is so abundant in my life that there's no way that this could come out of just what I'm doing right now. But it's been restored to me. Declare it over your life. Speak it out over your life. The Lord has given us his word to use it. Let's use it with confidence. The second thing that the Lord pointed out to me is physical desires. Those physical desires that we all have. We all have bodies made of flesh. We all have things that we want. I took my kids shopping for school clothes yesterday. And I really want them to pick Tommy's because I want a chili burger. But they didn't pick Tommy's. But the things that we put in our bodies, the things that we do with our bodies, he's telling us that those physical desires we have, we need to get in alignment with his word. 1 Corinthians 6, starting at verse 12, says, All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. 
self-control. And then moving to verse 18, Paul writes, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Those physical desires that we have, even in that area, the word tells us that it's sin against our own body. And when we read to verse 19, it says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Our very physical body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It is in that body that the Holy Spirit dwells. Can you imagine the reality that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Does that make you think about how you take care of your body? The things that you put in your body, how you treat your body? Do you sleep when it's time to sleep? You know, just these ways that we beat our body up. You can have Tommy sometimes if God says to have Tommy sometimes. Okay? But maybe not for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Unless it's some special Tommy's diet. And you juice the, che- the cheeseburger and can drink it. I'm just kidding. But those physical desires, we have to practice self-control with our physical desires. In our reading this week, we read through the Song of Solomon. And three times in this book, we read the same phrase, exact same phrase, three times. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles or by the does of the field, do not stir up nor awaken love until it pleases. How direct is the word of God? Do not stir it up, says the Lord. Do not stir it up nor awaken love until it pleases. Until the time that the Lord says, this is the time that I have for you in marriage those physical desires that he calls us to have self-control over. Remember the definition of self-control? The virtue of one who masters his desires and passions, especially his sensual appetites. Remember that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and treat it accordingly. Use it to honor the Lord and to bring glory to him. The third thing that the Lord pointed out regarding self-control, our words. What are the words that are coming out of your mouth when you're frustrated, when you're happy, when things are going well? What about when things are not going well and someone is bugging you and you just gotta say something. (laughs) Ooh, I just gotta say, nope. That's right when you know you just don't have to say. (laughs) That is how you know. That phrase comes out of so many mouths. It's come out of my mouth and it recently tried to come out of my mouth. I just got to say, I just got to get off my chest. No. What are the words that are coming out of your mouth and what are you using them for? The book of Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life, both are in the power of the tongue. You can use your words to speak death over things, over other people, over circumstances, over your own life, over the things that you're dealing with. Or you can use it to speak life over those things, to speak the truth of what you know God says about your situation, regardless of what you see. Because we walk by faith and not by sight, So we don't look at our circumstances when they're not lining up with the the word of God. We don't look at those circumstances 
and talk about how those circumstances are. We say, God, what is the truth about my circumstance? And declare that truth over it and see that truth come to pass in your circumstance. And then when your circumstance lines up with the word of God, then you have a testimony. And then you get to testify. Job 40 says, Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer you? I lay my hand over my mouth. Once I have spoken, but I will not answer. Yes, twice, but I will proceed no further. Put your hand over your mouth if you have to put your hand over your mouth. Identify and stop it and have self-control and say, Lord, what's about to come out of my mouth is not what you said. Help me right now. We get to use our words to affect our life, to change our life, to cause change to come to our life. We get to see our circumstances when we use our words the way God has intended us to use our words, to speak his truth, to speak his scripture, to speak his word over our circumstances, over the truth about us. Because sometimes we have a bad day and want to say, oh, I'm such an idiot. I made this mistake at work and I'm such an idiot. Well, sometimes we make a mistake but we're not idiots. So do not declare that stuff over your life. You made a mistake. I'm still the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am still fearfully and wonderfully made, even though I'm having a bad hair day. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Because when we're feeling down, sometimes it's something as silly as feeling like we're having a bad hair day that makes us feel like, ugh, what's the point of any of this? How can I go out looking like this? You look exactly like you did yesterday. I can't go out looking like this. Use your words as God gave you your words to declare the truth over your life, to speak that truth. Psalm 91 says, I will say of the Lord... The word commands us, tells us to say of the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him I will trust. Declare that truth about who the Lord is and who he is in your life. Isaiah 53, and by his stripes we are healed. If you are sick, declare that over your life. Find other healing scriptures and declare them over your body and speak the truth over your body. Psalm 103 says, who forgives all your iniquities? Who forgives all your iniquities? So if you mess up again, you don't have to say, I'm a sinner. Well, did you get saved? You just messed up. He has forgiven all of your iniquities. So I say, he forgives all my iniquities. Repent, turn, and go. Who redeems your life from destruction? God, nothing is going right. My kids are all nuts. My job's all nuts. There's traffic on the freeway. Everything's falling apart. You redeem my life from destruction. You redeem it all. When it seems like nothing looks right. I've been there where you just look at life and think, ugh. It just all sometimes feels like, but the word says, who redeems your life from destruction. 
Lord, you redeem my life from destruction. Declare it over your life. Thank God for the fruit of the Spirit. Thank God for this gift of self-control that he gives us, that as we walk in the Spirit, we see these fruit evident in our lives. He is calling us to practice all of these fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I initially memorized it in a different translation that says patience instead of long-suffering. So I get them mixed up because I'm trying not to say patience. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. He is calling us to practice these fruits of the Spirit. So this week while I was driving, this word practice came to my mind. About I was listening to the word, praying, and this word practice came to my mind. Oh yeah, we get to practice these things, keep doing them. But then I realized, when you're practicing something, what are you really doing? You're not just doing it over and over. You're doing it for a reason, to get better at it, to make it a part of who you are, of what you do every day without thinking. We're teaching Isla to brush her teeth on her own. She is practicing so that one day I can send her to the bathroom, say, go brush your teeth, and I know that when she comes out, they're brushed. Practicing, the definition is the actual application or use of an idea, belief, or method as opposed to theories relating to it. Or repeated exercise in a performance performance or an activity or skill so as to acquire or maintain proficiency in it. The Lord is calling us to practice the fruits of the Spirit. Every day, they're available to us, and it is time for us to walk in all of them, even self-control, knowing that we have the Holy Spirit with us, knowing that he has given us the ability to do it. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So as the prayer team comes up, if there is one of these in particular that seems extra difficult, let's bring that to the Lord today. Let's thank him that he's given us the Holy Spirit. Let's thank him that he has given us these fruits of the Holy Spirit. Let's thank him that we will see these fruits of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Go ahead and stand up with me. We have been called to live a life walking in the fruit of the Spirit. And we will get there by practicing it. By going forward and doing it every day, expecting that we will maintain proficiency in it. And it will be so good. The thing that trips us up sometimes is that sometimes we don't want to. Sometimes to my flesh, it doesn't feel good to be loving. Sometimes in my flesh, it doesn't feel good to be loving towards someone that I don't like. Whatever it is. But it's just the flesh. And if you are saved, you've crucified your flesh. And so if the only thing that's in the way is me, then it is a simple, not always easy fix. Just to remind myself, 
I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that lives, but Christ lives in me, the life I live in the body. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Your flesh is just loud. That's all it's got on you. It's just loud. But you have that still small voice that when you stop and listen, you hear that still small voice and you just choose to follow the still small voice. And in that moment, when you're not paying attention to the flesh, when you're not giving the flesh and your soul what they want, you're pushing them out of the way, stop paying attention to them, paying attention to the spirit that lives in you, listening to that, building that up, then you're strengthened and you can do it. So right now, I'm asking you to come to the Lord in prayer. Ask him, Lord, which one of these fruits of the spirit are you trying to get my attention that I need to listen to you, that I need to practice something particular here? So go ahead and close your eyes. Don't worry about anybody around you. Don't let distraction come in. Lord, I ask you to speak to us today. I ask you to speak to each one of us. I ask you to identify the area that you are calling us to grow and to increase in you. The area of our flesh that needs to decrease so that you can increase. I thank you, Lord, that we are created in your image. That in Genesis, you said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. We are created in your image and in your likeness. And we will follow you as we see these fruits of the Spirit evident in our lives. We see this fruit increasing in our life. We see the fruits of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control increasing in our lives. Once you have identified what the Lord is saying to you, which fruit he is asking you to pay attention to right now, talk back to him. Tell him that you're listening. Tell him that you have heard him and that you will do the thing that he is telling you to do. And sometimes we need somebody to partner with us and to help us. If that is you, come forward. Our prayer team is here and ready to receive you, to help you partner in the area that God is growing you. He is growing all of us and speaking to all of us. But if you need someone to come alongside you and help you, come up and we'll pray with you. God, we thank you that we have access to every fruit of the Spirit that you have named for us. And we thank you that you've named each one of them clearly so that we can understand them and know exactly what we should be seeing in our lives. I thank you that you give us the ability to see all of this fruit in our lives. I thank you that as we go out today, we will see you working in us and increasing our ability to love, increasing our ability to have joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I thank you, Lord, that it is as easy as denying our flesh and saying yes to you. As I was reading this morning, 1 John 5, 3 says, His commandments are not burdensome. Everything that the Lord has for us to do that he calls us to, it is not burdensome. It is being 
a sheep who is designed to carry no burden, cannot physically carry a burden. All it can do is like fall down and let the burden fall off its back. And that is what you need to do. Just fall down, let that burden go. He says today, his commandments are not burdensome. These commandments to walk in the fruit of the spirit, it is not burdensome. It is just saying yes to God and denying the flesh. It is simple. It is only not easy because our flesh is old. Our soul is old and it thinks it's the boss, but it is not. So you tell it, you are not the boss, quiet. When you stop feeding it, it gets smaller and weaker and weaker. Stop feeding it. Feed your spirit. Let it grow. Let it strengthen. I thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you that you are speaking to us and that you are with us. We love you. And we thank you, Lord, that you have put us in this family, that you have put us in this church, that you have planted us here to grow us. I thank you that we are created in your image, that we are created in your likeness, and that you have shown us through your word how to walk in the spirit, how to walk in the fruit of the spirit.